What's going on, everybody? Wesley Shoemaker joined today again by Aaron Parker. Back with you today with another episode of the BlueGoldSports.com podcast. Today, we are going to give you a full breakdown of how we think West Virginia's 2022 football schedule will go. We'll pick each and every game they play and kind of talk about why we picked that game. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm I'm getting ready. A week away for those who... Are listening, you will be listening to this on Thursday, August 25th. It is currently August 24th as we're recording. So when you listen to this, we will be a week away from West Virginia football. The time is coming up on us day by day. Uh, just for a little podcast scheduling information, we will get you a pit preview probably on Monday or Tuesday. And then we will obviously recap Pitt, which will probably then go up on that Friday, just depending on my schedule, Aaron's schedule, um, and things of that nature. But let's get into it today. Let's talk some football. Let's talk some predictions. Um, Aaron, I'll start with you here. Obviously, the big one, Backyard Brawl, September 1st at Pitt, Acrisure Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, what's What's your prediction there? So we could go in depth on this all day, but I think we should save that for the pit preview. But, you know, just simply put, I'm going to go WVU in this one. Um, I just got a gut feeling it's going to be a, a good atmosphere. It'll be a little hostile, but I think Mount, the Mountaineer fans are going to um, show up. And I think when it comes down to it, I think JT Daniels is going to be the better quarterback. Nothing against Keaton Slovis. He got named the starter today. But um, I think when it comes down to it, I think the D-line is going to play good, uh, good linebacker play. I think um, JT Daniels will just make a couple more plays. Yeah, I I unfortunately have to disagree with you for game one of the year. I just think that West Virginia's a young team. They've got a lot of newcomers, 33 newcomers. Obviously, a lot of them have played football elsewhere, whether it be the FCS level, other other FBS programs, or at the JUCO level. But I just don't think they're going to be able to go and contend with Pitt. I think Pitt's defensive line is really, really good. Um, and I just think they're going to end up making a couple more plays down the stretch of that game. And I think it'll be close, but I do think Pitt gets the win week one. And I also, in my head, I, West Virginia has two rivalry games in the span of 22 days. Like, I don't think you win both of those if you're the Mountaineers. So I think the Mountaineers do drop the one to Pitt. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, nothing wrong with that opinion. And, you know, especially if you look back to last year when WV opened the season at Maryland, you know, they beat themselves up. It's the first game of the season and it's a lot of the same this year. It's going to be the first game of the season. You're not playing at Mountaineer field and you're going to have to not beat yourself. So um, to not count on the Mountaineers to, um, you know, not beat themselves. I don't blame you. Moving on Kansas home opener, big 12 opener, kind of an early big 12 opener. If you think about it, I'm not sure the Mountaineers have opened with a big 12 game as their home opener, I don't think ever since joining the Big 12, I think the earliest game I can remember them having as a Big 12 game early in the season might be that Baylor game back in 2012 or 2013, I think 2012, um, but I could be wrong. I think 2013, Oklahoma on the road was the second game of the year. Okay. Um, and that was the earliest they've ever really done a Big 12 game, and that was not in Morgantown for sure. Yeah, I think let's look. Looking at it now, uh, twenty thirteen. 
Yeah, Oklahoma on the road, sixteen to seven loss. Yeah, good catch. Hard. Yeah, good not much catch. offense in that game. Yeah, uh, yeah, good catch, Aaron. So yeah, that is the early. This is the earliest game since then. Uh, Big Twelve play. I think Kansas is definitely a different opponent than Oklahoma. Mm. It's also kind of weird if you want to think about it this way. West Virginia closed their Big 12 schedule on the road against Kansas last year, opens it at home against the Jayhawks. Kind of a kind of a different vibe, I think, at that time last year than this time this year. Um, I think Mountaineers come in, um, even though they, in my opinion, would just have lost a rivalry game. I think they come in, beat Kansas. Uh, Big-time atmosphere, September 10th, home opener, always feels good. I think it's a 6 o'clock kick, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Kind of give you that night feel again after you already had a true night game uh, as your first game of the year. So I'm going to give the Mountaineers a win and starting at one and one against Kansas. Yeah, it's obvious, uh, obviously hard to pick against the Mountaineers here. A night game to start off the uh, the home schedule. Uh, fans will be into it. Um, can't you know Kansas beat Texas on the road last year and then they put up you know somewhat of a decent performance against WVU or maybe WVU was just playing bad. You know you could decide that for yourselves. But you know Kansas. Um, you know, they're still at the bottom of the league. Um, you know, it seems like every year they struggle to beat their um, their FCS opponents. So I'm going to go WVU by, you know, four scores or so. Yeah, I'm not sure if four scores. I, I just don't know, like, I don't know if what will happen. Like, obviously, I don't know if West Virginia is blowing out. Do they keep the first team offensive? I think there's a lot of variables in that game. And so mm-hmm. I don't really, I'm not going to give a score prediction, but yeah, I do you, think West Virginia wins by at least two touchdowns. Yeah. You got to start fast if you're the Mountaineers, as far as, you know, if you're talking about the reps game, but you know, you got to make sure you don't discredit your opponent and you don't go, you know, walking into your field thinking that, you know, you're playing some um, tune-up game. It's a conference game. It's the start of the big 12 schedule. So you got to be ready to go. Yeah, and as we saw last year, Mountaineers struggled in conference play. Um, so I think kind of getting off on the right foot and having a chance to do so in front of your home crowd is it's like it's it's a really good opportunity. Obviously, last year Mountaineers' uh, first conference game of the year, they lost Oklahoma. Didn't get a conference win until. Iowa State at home. I think they started, what was it? No, was it? No, it was TCU on the road. They started 0-3, I think it was, in conference play, then went to 1-3, 2-3, and 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 then I think they finished um, blanking on numbers here. 3-6 and in conference play, 4-5? and Um... Four five losses because one yeah, yeah, lost to America. Four and five, four and five, four and five. Beat Kansas, beat Texas, beat Iowa State and beat TC. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, anyway, like you've got a you've got an opportunity to start one and in the Big 12 conference. That's something you didn't do last year. Do it, you can do it at home, do it in your home opener. I say they do it. Moving on, you kind of talked about not discrediting your opponent. That's something they're gonna not have to do. Um Next week, September 17th, they play Towson, an FCS opponent. You've kind of seen this non-conference talk from Neil Brown, how he likes to have a Power 5 opponent, Group 5 opponent, FCS opponent. Obviously, this year, that's not the case. If you look at future schedules, that is the case for the Mountaineers. So, September 17th against Towson, I think West Virginia, I think they win. I think that's that's all I got for that one. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to discredit your opponent. I think the Mountaineers played Townsend back in 14, and I think Townsend had just come off of FCS championship and WVU did not discredit them. They came to play and they treated it as, you know, any any type of 
big game and they blew them out like 58 nothing. So I, I don't see WV struggling with Townsend. Now moving on, another Thursday night game, the second of three Thursday night matchups this team has this year. It is uh, the second consecutive year this rivalry game is being played, Battle for the Black Diamond Trophy, Mountaineers in Virginia Tech. Obviously last year's game in Morgantown, Saturday at 12 noon kick, Mountaineers won 27-21. This year uh, it's going to be down in Blacksburg. Night game, hostile environment, Virginia Tech, new quarterback, new coach, a lot of turnover there. I think, as I said in the beginning, talking about Pitt, West Virginia splits, Pitt and Virginia Tech, and I think that means they beat the Hokies. I just think experience will come into play here. The Mountaineers, I think, will be 2-1 and one and looking to kind of finish the month of September off strong. I don't think they'll be looking too far ahead as they go, and t- go to Texas the week after that. I think... Uh, Although it's a short turnaround um, from Towson to Virginia Tech, I do think that the Mountaineers will be fine. I think hopefully with the FCS opponent, you don't have to play all your starters into the third and fourth quarters, kind of get that rest, get that get that juice back into their systems, trying, trying to get everything going again, get them rested. So I do think the Mountaineers beat the Hokies on September 22nd. Yeah, so I'm going to go on the flip side on that. Um you know, for some reason, I just have a hunch that Virginia Tech's going to get it done at home. Um, it's going to be a nice atmosphere, evening game. Um, you know, I think it's going to be somewhat similar to what it was last year um, in Morgantown. I know there was, a, you know, Virginia Tech sold their tickets and they had their little corner and they had fans sprinkled in. But it was a lot of gold in that stadium. And I think it's going to be the same here. I think it's going to be a lot of Virginia Tech with just, you know, WV will sell out their portion of the tickets, but I think it's going to be a lot of Hokie fans. It's going to be a hostile environment. Um Grant Wells got named their starter. Um, you know, he went to George Washington High School in Charleston, West Virginia, went to Marshall, succeeded there. Um, I think he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder to uh, beat the Mountaineers. You know, I know Wells has struggled with, like, picks and stuff like that towards um, the end of his career at Marshall, but I see him playing well. Um, and, you know, if you're a WV fan, maybe statistically or analytically, you you might want to take your chances with VT over Pitt, but I have a feeling that WV is going to get it done against Pitt and not in Blacksburg. Yeah, kind of going back to your point. I mean, this game's already been announced. It's a sellout. So that's another like it's another big time environment. And I just think for me personally on my feeling on this team is it'll be their second kind of big time environment. They they would have learned from the first one. They'll know what they're getting themselves into. Virginia Tech, new coach, they might be a little overhyped. Like you gotta go out, beat a rivalry get in a rivalry game with a trophy on the line, new coach trying to get a statement win. I just think the Mountaineers can take advantage of kind of some inexperience with the Hokies. Yeah, and analytically, again, you you probably got more points on me. Um, I just, I don't know, there's some kind of hunch that Virginia Tech's going to show up and get it done. They almost, um, you know, came back from 20 points against the Mountaineers last year. Um, I think they smelled it last year, and the, the people that were on that team last year are going to really want it this year at home. Turning the page um, to the month of October, October 1st, Mountaineers, ring in the new month with a trip down to Austin, Texas for about with the Longhorns. Mountaineers beat the Longhorns again, just like Kansas late in the year, their last home game of the season in 2021. And the Texas Longhorns have a lot of expectations, not saying they don't usually have expectations, but things are really on the up in Austin. Obviously B. John Robinson, Heisman contender, um, Probably will end up, if everything goes right for Texas, as one of those top three finalists uh, 
I just think he's a really, really good player, really experienced player. Could have gone to the draft last year, did not. Obviously, quarterback battle, I believe, still going on. Quinn Ewers, one of the names, a popular name, went to Ohio State, left high school early, then transferred. And then the Mountaineers are going to have to go into Austin and get a victory. Um, and I just don't think they will. I think uh, Texas is a really good football team. I think I think Bijan will cause problems for this Mountaineer defense. And um, I think Texas beats the Mountaineers October 1st. I agree with you, and, and my reason is is very similar to yours. I mean, B. John Robinson is a specimen. He's a freak of nature. I agree with you. I think he could have gone to the NFL draft this past year. Um, you know, I remember watching him in the 2020 COVID season um, when the Mountaineers went down to Austin. I didn't really know who B. John Robinson was at the time, and, man, he introduced himself real fast. He toyed with the Mountaineer defense with stiff-arming guys, juking guys out, um, and he's back for another year. I just – I don't see WVU – really having like guys that can keep up with him can really bring him down to the ground consistently. Um, and that's a tough environment. It's tough to get calls in Austin. Um, I think they'll play well, but I don't see them getting the win. Yeah. I think they play well too. I just think having an experienced quarterback that's been on a big stage. I don't think, I don't think the quarterback's the problem. I think last year, the quarterback experience and the quarterbacks head being on straight was a problem. I don't think, JT Daniels will be a problem with that. I do think uh, defense that's going to have to make plays, a young defense, especially on that back end, that's where you could run into problems just because when they're at home, the crowd gets loud, crowd gets going, oh, a couple first downs here, a PI call here. Then you're kind of on your heels, and mm -hmm. I just think things can unwind quickly if you're the Mountaineers in that type of game, and kind of a atmosphere switching like Texas is in between two Thursday night games. Like if you're the Mountaineers, you just came off a big rivalry game. If you win that, all right. And then you might be looking ahead to you get another home night game. So I just don't think Texas is going to be an easy game for the Mountaineers. And that's why I picked the Longhorns. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, I just, I worry, like we've seen B. John Robinson break so many runs. It, what if he breaks a run, um, you know, gets past the D line, gets past the, the linebackers. I just don't see any of the secondary of WVU taking that man down. Um, you know, I just remember in 2020 when he took Alonzo to die and like stiff armed his face in the ground. So I just I worry if he breaks off a couple runs, he's gonna have all that momentum. Um, and he's gonna have that stadium rocking. Uh, moving on again. This time another Thursday night game. As I just said, the Big Twelve champion Baylor Bears come to town. Um, last time the. Bears came to town was in the COVID season. There were actually no fans. I think it was the last game. They had no fans mm -hmm. in the stadium in 2020. Uh, Mountaineers won in overtime. So uh, last year, Mountaineers went down to Waco and it wasn't pretty at all. And I think if you're the Mountaineers, kind of a night game kind of gets that atmosphere that you want. Thursday night game, obviously not exactly what you want. You get the national TV slot, though. So a lot to look forward to in this matchup. Aaron, I'll let you go first this time. Who do you got, WVU Baylor, on October 13th? No, really want to go WVU. I like the Thursday night, the night game. But I have Baylor winning, um, kind of a heartbreaker for for WVU. I think, I think WVU is going to be winning for a good bit of it. I think the crowd's going to be into it. Um, but we're talking about a Baylor team that's experienced. Um, they're good. They won the Big 12 championship. They have um, a very proven and good coach in Dave Aranda, defensive mastermind. And I think we forget, I mean, last year their starting quarterback was Gary Bohannon, right? And he had his way against the Mountaineers, but he's gone. 
And I think Shapin was his name. He took over last year and he didn't lose a game. Um, he threw for like 600 yards, like five touchdowns. He didn't throw any picks, led them to a, a big 12 championship win against Oklahoma state. So I like what I saw from him just in the few, you know, four or five games we saw from him last year. Um, I think he makes a couple of plays. Baylor's got a good defense and um, I think it'll be a heartbreaker for the Mountaineers. Yeah. Just a couple things that are standing out to me about this matchup. If you look at, the previous matchups for each West Virginia and Baylor Baylor, like you could kind of catch Baylor. I think a little early, they play Oklahoma state at home in a rematch of last year's big 12 title game on October 1st. And then obviously you have the long week um, by on Saturday and then the game on that Thursday. But my point being is that they, they got to travel across the country to Morgantown. I think if you start fast, things help you. But in the end, I just don't see the Mountaineers getting the job done. I think they're going to start the season 3-3, three and three, and they start that with a loss to Baylor. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, on my schedule, you know, I have them losing to Virginia Tech, Texas, and Baylor. I put it, you know, a three-game losing streak going into Lubbock. Um, I think – I do think this team's different, though. Um, you got a sound quarterback, um, assuming he's healthy, an experienced quarterback in JT Daniels who trusts the offense. We got Graham Harrell, um, calling plays and stuff like that. So I have WVU going down to Lubbock and winning that game. But, you know, um, you could definitely see, you know, like we've seen WVU get on losing streaks like that. I think after a three-game losing streak, I think WVU goes down and shows who they are and beats a Texas Tech team by like three or four points. Yeah, I think – for me, for Texas Tech, is that there's going to be a bad taste in West Virginia's mouth just from how they played last year. The first half, before. the first half last year at home against Texas Tech was abysmal, and I think Neil Brown and his coaching staff and the guys who are back know that. But also, if you're looking at this from Texas Tech point of view, in their first six games of the year, they play three top twenty-five teams in Houston, NC State, and Oklahoma State. Also, on the flip side of that, West Virginia's game falls right in between the Oklahoma State and Baylor game, two of the top three teams, depending on who you ask, in this league this year. So I think West Virginia gets a break there. I think that West Virginia is going to be hungry in this game. I think uh, Mountaineers would have lost two straight, I've gotten. They got a bad taste in their mouths from last year, bad taste in their mouths from a Baylor loss and a Texas loss. They go into Lubbock. I agree with you, Aaron, and they beat the Red Raiders. I think we forget they've got a bad taste times three. I mean, they lost – that game, it was a homecoming game, strike the stadium, and they came out and did not show up. Um, and it was a little too little, too late. Um, they had, in 20, they were right there against Texas Tech and kind of blew it. And in 19, they came out and got killed. So they haven't, you know, the Mountaineers haven't beaten Texas Tech since the World Rear days. Um, that just kind of popped in my head. But, yeah, they're going to have a bad taste in their mouth. Neil has not um, got it done against the Red Raiders, not once. So I think he's, um, I think he knows that. Um, you know, he was OC there for a little bit, so I think he really wants to beat him this year. Going to West Virginia's next game, I currently have West Virginia at uh, they four wins and three losses. You have the Mountaineers also at four and three. They get TCU at home. Finally, a home game on a Saturday in the month of October. It is the only one for the Mountaineers in the month of October. Kind of a weird month. Kind of a weird schedule for the Mountaineers if you really think about it. Um, homecoming game uh, is TCU this year, and the Mountaineers welcome the Horned Frogs to town. Uh, I'll just stay here. I think the Mountaineers win this game. Mountaineers beat the Horned Frogs last year. Uh, TCU, they're 
play West Virginia in the stretch of a Kansas State Mountaineers and then Texas Tech three game stretch. Not the toughest of stretches by any means, but I do think the Mountaineers get it done at home and what I think will be a good crowd on the 29th. Yeah, I, you know, I like the Mountaineers here too. Obviously, you can't predict rain or anything like that, but you know, a lot of people like going to October games. Fall in Morgantown is a little bit is something a little bit different. Um, you know, WV while they were struggling, um, went down to um to Fort Worth and beat the Horn Frogs last year. I know they've gone through a coaching change. They have Sonny Dykes now, uh, from SMU. But you know, I just I don't see T- um, TCU coming in here and winning. They've done it before, um, but this is a homecoming crowd. Um, I think I think the Mountaineers get it done by a couple scores. Yeah, there's something to talk about TCU schedule while you're on that topic is they got Colorado week one, SMU on the 24th of September, Oklahoma on October 1st, and then Oklahoma State on October 15th. So in their first six games, they've they've got a they could be two and four very easily um, and then be reeling as you kind of meet West Virginia around Halloween. Um, pivoting though, Iowa State, uh, last year the Mountaineers did beat the Cyclones. It was kind of a odd game, you could say. Um, Mountaineers, I think, played their best game on offense of the year in that game against the Cyclones. I think Jared Dagey threw the ball really well. As we all know, though, Jared Dagey no longer here. And the Mountaineers lost big uh, last time there at Iowa State. As you remember talking about last year, Neil Brown said how they kind of had a whiteboard of the score from the Iowa State game. If I'm not mistaken, it might have been something like 42 to 6, something in that range. It really was not pretty last time Mountaineers went to Ames. And unfortunately, I just don't think the Mountaineers get it done. I think going to Ames, it's a hard place to play. Um, It's going to be cold, and I just don't see the Mountaineers doing it against Iowa State. Yeah, so this one is one I had to spend a little time thinking on. Um, I think Iowa State's environment at Jack Trice Stadium is very underrated. Um, they like their Cyclones. They trust their their head coach and Matt Campbell. I think he's a good coach personally. Um, but I have WV winning this game. I don't know. I just – new quarterback. I've heard good things about his arm. Um, but you've had, you've had Brock Purdy there since I feel like since I was in third grade. Um, he's very, you know, he's very experienced there. Now he's gone. You know, Charlie Kohler at tight end, he's been there since 17 or 18. Um, no Allen at tight end, he's been there since 16 or 17. They have a lot of veterans that have moved on. Um, they're in NFL uniforms now. And I don't know. I just have WV coming in and winning. Um, I don't know much about their quarterback, but I think JT Daniels will outplay. A thing to mention about Iowa State, though, is that this West Virginia game falls at a good time for the Mountaineers. If you want to talk about a couple schedule breaks, this is the schedule break of all schedule breaks. Iowa State, uh, week before, they host Oklahoma. Last time Oklahoma went to Ames, Iowa State upset the Sooners. The week after West Virginia, they're on the road at Oklahoma State. So talking about a sandwich schedule-type beat where the Mountaineers kind of catch a break, it is this one because you're going to go to a – either a Iowa State team that's coming off a big win or that's coming off an emotional loss. And that's a recipe for success, if you ask me. And then you also, if they beat Oklahoma, then they're probably saying, all right, we have West Virginia at home. Overlook the Mountaineers, kind of look ahead to going on the road to Stillwater to Oklahoma State. And that could then again help the Mountaineers. Yeah, I mean, it's a very funky schedule for the Mountaineers this year. And, you know, to get a what what will call a schedule break 
um, you, you know, you hope the Mountaineers could capitalize on that. And if they're not, um, then that, that's probably not very good because you got, you know, a lot of Thursday night games staring at you, um, you know, a lot of sandwich games with some good opponents. Um, so, yeah, you want to get it done there, um, but you can't discredit that environment. Um, and it's going to be a tough a tough game to pull out for sure. But I got them doing that. Now for what I think will be the most interesting game of the year if you're a West Virginia fan. And that is at home November 12th against Oklahoma. And let me tell you why. Since joining the Big 12, the Mountaineers have beaten every single team except one. And that one team is the Oklahoma Sooners. The last time the Sooners were supposed to come to Morgantown, it was the last home game of the 2020 season. Supposed to be a night game, supposed to be electric, national television, boom, COVID canceled. Last year, Mountaineers went into Oklahoma, went down there into Norman, outplayed the Sooners, lost by three points. This year, Oklahoma, new coach, new quarterback, on the road, Morgantown, West Virginia, beats the Sooners for the first time since joining the Big 12. And you want to talk about schedule breaks? Week before, Oklahoma hosts Baylor. Week after, it's Bedlam. Oklahoma host Oklahoma State. So if there's a game that West Virginia can get at home, I think it's this one. And I think the Mountaineers do it and finally beat the Sooners since they've joined the Big 12. I agree with you. I've, I have, you know, I had to think about a lot of these games, but that Oklahoma one has been in my mind for, for months. I have thought that now for a while. And, and I agree with you. I think the Mountaineers finally get the monkey off their back. Um, you know, I didn't really realize the kind of, how it's a trap game for Oklahoma, but it really is, you know, that one's tough right after it hosting Baylor is going to be tough. Um, you know, WV has been right there against Oklahoma 2012 Tavon Austin put up like 570 some all purpose yards by himself and the Mountaineers lost. Like, how's that even possible? 2018 Will Greer, David Sills scored like 50 some points also lost last year. We all know the story. They went down there and outplayed them, snapped the ball 20 yards behind them and they can't get it done. They have been there so many times. There's been a couple games that Oklahoma just showed up and blew them out, but Mountaineers have been there so many times, and it's got to be this year for getting the monkey off their back. Yeah, if you just want to – like, talking about last year for a second, like, they had plays on the goal line, bad snap. Like, they had every opportunity to win that game, and they just didn't. And if you want to go through the series here, like – last year, lose by three. Year before, blown out. I mean, 2020, they didn't play. 2019, they get blown out. 2018, like, like everyone knows, like everyone knows. Uh, year before that, blown out. Year before that, blown out. Year before that, lose by 20. Year before that, lose by two touchdowns. Then you're all the way back to 2013, they lose by nine. Year before that, they lose by one at home. So they've been either killed or it's been a close loss, and I really do think that this is the year they break through and beat the Sooners. I, I really think that as well. It's also important to know in that 2012 game, even though Tavon Austin put up like 500 some yards, Stemman Bailey caught four touchdowns by himself. And did the Mountaineers win? No. They missed an extra point. They failed on like three different two-point conversions. They just find they have historically found ways to lose against Oklahoma, except for the you know 2008 Fiesta Bowl. But since joining the Big 12, they just find ways to lose against Oklahoma. I say they finally get it off their back this year. And one more thing before we move on to Kansas State is that Oklahoma's coming to West Virginia in November. 
it could be 35 degrees. It, there could be three inches of snow. I'm like, there could be problems that Oklahoma does not want to deal with. It's going to be a loud, loud environment. I think it's going to be one that West Virginia kind of, it's, it's, I think there's a show me game for every team every year. And I think this is kind of that show me game, especially if you have guys like Dante Stills, like he came so close. He was on the doorstep of doing it last year. And I think they, they're just really going to want to get it done. And I think they do. And kind of on your point of how West Virginia in 2012 scored 49, Stedman Bailey went off, Tabon also went off. They've tried to beat Oklahoma every single way. And I think they've kind of figured out how you got to do it. And that's start with your defense and have your offense come along. West Virginia's offense will be much improved from last year's, hopefully. And if the defense is there, offense hopefully comes along. And this is the year that they get it done. Agreed. And, you know, people people are kind of counting out Oklahoma a little bit. Um, you know, you know, Lincoln Riley jump ship, Caleb Williams jump ship, you know, no more Spencer Rattler. You bring in Dylan Gabriel from, you know, Central Florida, bring in Brent Venables. You know, you think maybe they'll take a dip, and maybe they will, but I just I can't get on board with the whole Oklahoma isn't gonna be there. Oklahoma is a is a blue blood. They are always right there. They're a great program, a great football school, and I think they'll be fine this year. With that being said, I, I don't think they get it done. Brent Venables was the defensive coordinator of that 08 um, Oklahoma team that lost to WVU, so um, I say he loses again. Yeah, by no means do I think uh, Oklahoma's a bad team. I just don't think they win this one game. Um, Mountaineers, I just – I think they win this game. And I feel like I've said they will get it done 25 times, and I apologize. Moving on, though, Kansas State at home, last home game of the year, November 19th. West Virginia, again, ugly last year is a word to describe how things went in Manhattan, Kansas. I think scripts turned in the Mountaineers win, and they beat the Wildcats. So I think the Mountaineers win, but I think it's going to be an ugly win. Um, so if this all plays out, which, you know, maybe it won't, but if the Mountaineers do beat Oklahoma and then have another home game after it, I don't care who the opponent is. Like I see WV winning. Um, but Kansas state's a good team. Uh, I really, really like Deuce Vaughn. Um, you know, he's really short, but he's super, super quick. Um, you know, I think he can catch the ball out of the backfield too. We've, you know, we've seen him play against the Mountaineers for the past two or three years. He's experienced. They're also bringing in Adrian Martinez. He court he was a quarterback for Nebraska for like three or four years. You know, obviously Nebraska wasn't good, but he put up some decent numbers and he's experienced. So I think it's gonna be a good Wildcat team. Um, and I think maybe they'll get up to an early lead, but you know, I think it'll be bad weather. Um, and WV will just kind of grind grind out a win, maybe five or six points. I think grinding out a win is exactly what November football screams. Um yeah. two teams that I think will be middle of the pack, kind of trying to just get across the finish line and I think the Mountaineers get it done at home final game of the year Oklahoma State Mountaineers have to travel to Stillwater I think if you're no Brown and company you do not want this game as your final game of the year who knows though West Virginia depending on how things go and even Oklahoma State uh, depending on how things go they they could this game could mean a lot for a big 12 championship uh Possibility. So I'll get it started here. Mountaineers have not beaten Oklahoma State since 2014. That was on the road, but the Mountaineers have lost seven straight. Now, with that being said, I don't think the Mountaineers will break that streak. I think 
Stillwater is a hard place to play. I think late in the year, it just I just I just don't see the Mountaineers doing it. I think at this point of the year, Oklahoma State will have more to play for, possibly a Big Twelve championship berth. So I think the Cowboys beat the Mountaineers. Yeah, yeah. So the Mountaineers haven't got it done against Oklahoma State since Clint Trickett. Um, in 2014, I think Drayvon Henry had a pick six in that game. Nothing else good for the Mountaineers has happened against Oklahoma State. 2015, they lost in overtime. 2018, they needed they needed one win to get to the Big 12 championship. Totally collapsed. 2019, I think they lost by under a touchdown. Oklahoma State just you know they know how to win against the Mountaineers. Mike Gundy is a very good coach. Um, you know they're a very good team. I think. In my opinion, I thought they should have won the Big 12 championship. You know, um, they were literally like a yard away from winning it, but they didn't. But they have a good team. Spencer Sanders returns. Um, I think Oklahoma State wins by two touchdowns. Yeah, unfortunately, West Virginia hasn't kind of gotten a marquee win. In 2018, that marquee win was supposed to be against Oklahoma at home. Mm-hmm. Um You've had opportunities here and there to get big-time wins last year on the road against Oklahoma. Um, And I think that trend continues. I think there will be a lot to play for for both teams here in this game. But I just don't see the Mountaineers doing it. And that's not an indictment on this team. I just think Oklahoma is a really good, well-coached, experienced team. One thing I will say, though, about the Cowboys in general – See how that defense changes this year. Obviously, last year, their defense ate a lot of teams alive, ate West Virginia alive um, when they played the Mountaineers. But their defensive coordinator left. He's now at Ohio State. Um, So things could look different. They could have to score the ball more. And as we've seen, Spencer Sanders, he can turn the ball over at times. So just if you're the Mountaineers, hopefully you're playing for something. Hopefully... You come out inspired, and hopefully you can get this big win, but I just personally don't see it. Yeah, I agree, and I agree with, with what you said about Spencer Sanders. You know, he's not a perfect quarterback. Um, you know, he's got a lot of hype, but he can also turn the ball over. But um, I think it's important to note, you know, in a, in a game like they made the Fiesta Bowl last year after losing that heartbreaking Big 12 championship. Um, and Notre Dame went up a, a few scores, and Spencer Sanders had to make start making plays, and he did. Um, Oklahoma State ended up winning that game. They scored a lot of points, like – um, you know, north of 35 points, I think, maybe north of 40. Um, so he can do it, and I think if it comes down to that against the Mountaineers, he will do it. Yeah, I, I think that Mountaineers 7-5, and five, obviously for some, I think that's underachieving, but from my point of view, finishing 7-5 and five with wins on the road against Virginia Tech at home against Oklahoma, I think that's a pretty, like, realistic season. I just think that beating Pitt on the road – it's going to be really hard to do. I think people around here, some people that I've talked to that I've, I've, I've heard things from fans, students, just people in general, they're kind of taking this game a little bit for granted. I think, I think that the Mountaineers think they're going to go up into Akersher and take this game from Pitt. I just don't see it happening that way. I think even if the Mountaineers do somehow find a way to win that it's not going to be easy and it's going to be kind of a grind it out, find a way to win late. And I just think that this team is better than last year's team. I think, obviously, the record doesn't show a huge difference. Would I be surprised if this team beats Pitt, starts 4-0, goes into Austin, gives Texas one hell of a fight, and then we know that this team could fight for a Big 12 
championship? No, I'm not going to be surprised. But I also don't, I'm not going to be surprised if this team loses two, three straight somewhere along the line and they're sitting at seven and five at the end of the season. Yeah. And, you know, I, I got them eight and four. I think our difference there was that Iowa State game. Um, we both had the rivalries split one, one. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is a better football team than last year. You got better quarterback play, um, more experience. The the defense is good. You got experience at the wide receiver position. Um, and I think this is, you, you mentioned realistic. I think this is, um, for me, a blend of realistic and optimistic. Um, you know, you've seen a lot of seven win seasons, six win seasons. I think 2019 gave us five wins. Um, so this is a big step up to get eight wins. Um, and I think having a guy like Graham Harrell calling plays and JT Daniels throwing the ball, um, we'll get the Mountaineers those eight wins. But, um, you know, I've seen a lot of fans, you know, like you said, taking Pitt for granted. You know, we're, we're going to go up there and, and steal it from them. Well, you know, Pitt's a good football team. Um, I've seen a lot of fans saying the Mountaineers will go nine and three and ten. You know, just maybe I'm, you know, a little glass half empty, but I don't think that's realistic, especially with the tough Big 12 schedule and two rivalry road games. So eight and four is realistic and optimistic for me. Yeah, for me, I think optimistic. I think best case scenario, West Virginia gets nine wins. And I think they do that by beating Pitt, starting the season 4-0, beating Baylor, starting 5-1 and in that case. Um, and then there's two more wins that you just steal, in my opinion. I think that Baylor game, that has the – like, you could win that game. I think – I just think there's games up for grabs. I just have yet to feel comfortable with saying this team can win close games against good teams because we have not seen that. Um, so that's why I'm at seven and five. I'm going to stay at seven and five. I think injuries will play a big factor. I think how JT Daniels plays, how this offense plays and how, how quickly this defense can mesh together because you have a lot of moving parts in some places, new guys in your, in your linebacker room, new guys over the top. Like we're there's, there's, there's going to be things left to be determined. And I just think that those question marks loom too large over this team. And that's why they'll go seven and five. And I agree with that. And, you know, I've said there's experience on this team, but there is still question marks. There's question marks, you know, with the you know, safeties and corners, there's question marks with stuff you don't think about, like punter, uh, the punting battle, you know, kicking and stuff like that. Uh, uh, not kicking Casey leg um, is pretty good, but you know, the punting position and maybe the, the two spot at the running back, there's still some question marks. Um, and like you said, it's just, I think there's winnable games like Baylor, like Iowa State on the road, like, you know, maybe even Texas on the road. I don't know. Stuff like that. But it's hard to say, yeah, yeah, the Mountaineers are going to win that game. Yeah. Like, I know for a fact Mountaineers are going to protect their home field against Baylor. You can't really say that because Baylor's experience, they have good coaching. And it just kind of goes down the line with and shows how strong and efficient the Big 12 is. And you can't really, you can't really book any wins except for maybe Kansas and Town. Yeah, for me, the, the reason why I think that this the swing games are Pitt and Baylor is because, one, Baylor's at home, and two, Pitt are going to kind of have a neutral crowd. I think that there is the opportunity to steal a game or two, and that's why those two games are there for me. Kind of pivoting, one more thing I'd like to talk about. Neil Brown gave a final camp update this week on Monday. It is now Wednesday, as previously stated, but – Kind of just talking about things. A um, couple things to look for is Michael Laughlin. It all signs appear he will be ready to go in one week, which is really good. Kind of adds another element to this Mountaineer offense. 
another couple things. He has not officially announced a quarterback, as Aaron stated previously. Kedon Slovis has been announced as the pit starter today on Wednesday. Um, a couple other notes from Neil. He said he's going to start. He's going to not start. He's going to have seven offensive linemen. Sounds like they've had a pretty good battle there. And their other kind of storyline, if you want to call it that, is there has not been a decision made on who the punter will be publicly. And that is all I have from Neil Brown. If you want to give your thoughts, Aaron, go. Um, You know, I, th- I think this is a big year for him. Um, I, I know we said that, well, um, WP fans have been saying that for a while now, but, um, you know, it's a big year for him. I, I do think um, having Graham Harrell call plays is going to be big for him. To pivot to what you said, I mean, I know completely different from from the last thing I brought up, but, like, Michael Offlin being available will be huge. I know he said that's not for sure, but that would be huge. Um, you know, the Mountaineers got Brian Palindi at tight end from Colorado State. But, you know, I don't think he's ready to be the, the week one starter against Pitt, um, especially if you're trying to throw a couple balls to him. Um, so I think my go off one's a big thing right there. Um, and it's going to be an interesting year, but I think it'll be an exciting one. Yeah, another thing, if you want to, while we're on the subject of Mike Go and the rest of this offense, Palende, Brian Palende, Colorado State transfer, kind of more used to run blocking, although he is very, very experienced. And a little nugget I caught this week, um, forget who it might have been, Neil. Oh, no, it was Sean Reagan, tight ends coach. He said when Palende got here over the summer, uh, his catch rate was 40%. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not good. He said now, though, fall camp, his catch rate has been 100%. So that is good to see that he's been working on it, that he can kind of hopefully add that element. So when you see him in that game, if, it's, if they're running 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back, um, it's not an automatic run. Obviously, if you can get 12 personnel on the field, kind of do play action here, play action there, just kind of get things, just another wrinkle. Um, and I think that ha- will help with Mike O. As for the running back room, you're going to have three running backs that are going to play in one week. That is Tony Mathis, Johnson Johnson, and the addition of CJ Donaldson, CJ Donaldson, a true freshman from Miami, six foot two, 240 pounds started in the tight end room and is now a running back. So you've got that big physical pounding type of runner uh, inside the five, inside the 10, kind of something you can add in. And so I think that'll be big for the West Virginia offense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've heard a lot about Donaldson over the last couple of weeks. I mean, what was he a tight end he's just kind of converted to a running back because they said you know he wants to help out the team as as much as he can he wants the ball in his hands he's a playmaker um and that's good to hear especially when you got a guy um as physical as he is you know I've heard he's really fast too as far as breaking runs and practice um but I've also heard good things about you know the other young guys Justin Johnson and and Jalen Anderson too so um definitely a battle there hopefully everybody stays and somebody doesn't you know jump ship during the season or something like that. But I think it's a very deep running back room and has the potential to be one of the more underrated rooms in the Big 12. On the note, it just popped into my mind. As you speak of, hopefully he stays. Once West Virginia announces a QB1 publicly, I would not be surprised if there is shuffling, whether that is transfers um, between either of the three quarterbacks that do not get selected as QB1. I think that... Between Garrett Green, uh, Goose Crowder, and Nico, I think that one of them might jump ship depending on the decision that comes from Neil Brown. And obviously, that's just the state of the college football world, state of the things, how they are. So that is just pure 
speculation, nothing I've heard, obviously, but wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Yeah, it's easy to think that, especially, um, you know, with how much talent is in there. You don't want talent go to go to waste, especially if you're that athlete. Um, obviously, you know, it's it's easy to think that maybe that's why Neil Brown hasn't announced a starter. It's because he likes what he sees from, you know, obviously he wants to keep Nico. That's That was his big recruit and he's young. But, you know, I think he likes what he sees from Goose Crowder. Um, I know he likes Garrett Green as a leader, and um, he says he's gotten faster. Um, so I think he likes all the quarterbacks, and I think he wants them to stay. Um, you know, I guess you could say that he doesn't want to give, you know, Pitt a starter to, like, to strategize against. But, I mean, I think I think we all know that JT Dams is, is going to win, and I think Pitt thinks that as well. Um, so I think Neil um, is keeping it quiet for right now because I think he wants his guys to stay. Um, but it's it's hard to picture at least, like, one guy not leaving. Yeah, first half of the game will be JT Daniels, and I am confident with that assumption. Um, that's all for me. You got anything else, Aaron? Uh, no, I think I spilled my heart out about this team, so I think I'm good. Sounds good. Well, if you made it this far, we do appreciate you listening. Uh, maybe give us a follow. Give us a subscription if you're watching us on YouTube. We would not mind that in the slightest. We will be back with you. Hopefully, we can record Monday afternoon. Get back to you with the podcast Monday evening or Tuesday morning with a pit preview. Uh, when you're listening to this, it'll officially be game week here in Morgantown, and that's exciting. So, for what my myself wesley shoemaker joined by aaron parker we do appreciate you listening this is the blue gold sports podcast